Welcome back to the Cover Zero podcast. It is our week two recap show coming at you on this Sunday evening. As we set to record, I'm Jordan tonight running with Josiah, running with Henry. We have a guest tonight, Mike, another Raiders fan doing his first bid on the show. Gentlemen, it was a Sunday that was a lot of fun for some and not so much for others. How are y'all doing nonetheless? Shitty. Trash. <laughs> I yeah. You got three Raider fans and a Raven fan on here today. The AFC woes are rolling deep on this show, but we aren't just going to keep this in the negative because you know our Sunday show does examine that, but we also swing it over to the positive with our ICUs and our what's going on. So to start off tonight, we're going to start off with the positive. We're going to kind of go to what we want to shine light on over this Sunday, especially the current state that both of us and all of us are in at the moment. What's up, player? I see you. So for our first I see you, Henry, who do you have today? I'm going to go Cooper Rush, man, a backup quarterback for the for the Dallas Cowboys. What's up, player? I see you. Um, I feel like he showed some real poise out there, especially on that, that game-winning drive that he did out there. Uh, of course, he has some, some, some mishaps, but of course, you're not going to see that when you're not running with the ones uh, like that. So... Mine's definitely going to be Cooper Rush. I like what he did against the uh, defending AFC championships over there with the Cincinnati Bengals. But then again, it's so funny about them. You know, so so far, they said that revamp offensive line was going to be different, but it, it kind of looks like the same to me. We all said that. Man, how shocking that is. But keep going. Yeah, Leon Collins was getting lit up over there by, by Michael Parsons. So he just made him look like a little, like a little baby boy over there. So, um. Yeah, mine's mine's gonna be Cooper Rush, man. I like the poise that he was showing at that that very last drive, uh, converting to some some key third down plays. I like what I saw from him, especially filling in some big shoes over there for being a Dallas Cowboys quarterback. I, I like what I saw from him. Yeah, nineteen of thirty one for two hundred and thirty five yards and no turnovers, especially just being able to let the run game work. Right. Just being able to put the team in position to win. That's a really solid one right there. <clears throat> Mike, I'll swing this over to you. First time for the ICU. What really caught your eye on this Sunday? It could even go back to Thursday. Who do you want to put the shine on this week? Thanks for the um, for the toss on that. Um, it's got to be Tua. What's up, player? I see you. Got to be Tua. Sorry, my brother. I know you're a Ravens fan, but I enjoyed that game thoroughly. Tua with seven total touchdowns over 739 yards. I mean, so far this season, that's amazing. And then he tied the record for for Greasy and Marino to be in that echelon. Of, of 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 Dolphins ever, and we we're all thinking it because the Ravens never gave uh, your boy that contract in time. He's from the area in Florida, so this was a big game. Like, okay, if the former league MVP could put on a show, which he did, showed up and showed out, but Tua outdid him. I mean, come on, that that it, it, it was that not that game was in Baltimore too, if I remember correctly. It so, was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tua went. He, listen, they always say he didn't have any arm strength. That obviously not the case. Throwing six touchdowns, Waddle went off, and then Tyreek Hill went off. They were down by what three scores in the fourth quarter? Yeah, they were down won. down twenty one. Down twenty one. Three three scores in the fourth quarter, and two. Say what you can about the Baltimore's defense, which there's funny that they're known for defense and got waxed in the last eight minutes of the game. Say what you want about them, but Tua still had to come down and deliver, and he did so. So Tua Tungavaloa gets the huge head nod for me. That's that's a really good one. And as uh, everybody on the show knows, I have a bet. Uh, Got to give a shout out to him today. Uh, my guy, Chris, 
He we have a bet over under 40 TDs this season for Tua. I took the under. I'm still sitting pretty with where I'm at. I'll still take it. But I mean, today was one thing that I don't think anybody except expected to see, maybe except for someone that was not a Fins fan going into it. But that's a really good one. Definitely deserving. 469 yards, six TDs, four of which in the final quarter. Pretty amazing. Uh, Josiah, I see you. Who you got? Yeah, man, I'm going to go ahead and go with the Lions offense, bro. What's up, player? I see you. I'm going to go with the Lions offense and and uh, Jared Goff, man. I, I mean, just the way they've been playing over the last two weeks. I mean, obviously, you know, they had another team that was – and we we covered the team, you know, the, well, the, the game, the commanders and, and the Lions and whatnot, and we thought it would be a really good game. And it, and it was. It, it was a, the, the commanders started to make a comeback. But you just got to be impressed on what the Lions offense been able to do. You know, we hyped up this offensive line and how good they played last year. And they're living up to the hype, man. And and I was really impressed. And I that, that's this is a all in one, not just the offense, but Jared Goff. I, I, you know, obviously leading the offense because you know we talked about the pressure weight, the pressure rate. You know, with him versus Carson Wentz last week, and you know it just it wasn't that good. And just in general, I mean, you know, he doesn't do well with under pressure. But I thought he did really, really well, man. And he got mm-hmm. sacked. He got sacked like three times today, and he still was able to lead that team to points in the run game. Obviously, the running game is really, really helping them out. I mean, the run game has been big over the last two weeks. So, you know, that, that that's my that's my first one right there is the Lions. I, I just think what they're doing on offense, and they barely lost last week, I think, what, only about three points. They put up, what, I think, yeah, 71 points over the last two weeks. That's that's just crazy, mm-hmm. you know. So they're, they're putting up big numbers over there on offense. They just got to get that defense straightened out. But, yeah, that's my uh, ICU. I got. I have two as well. My first one, ironically enough, uh, piggybacks off of what you just went on. Mine is Amon Ra St. Brown. What's up, player? I see you. That's got to be my first one. He becomes the third player in NFL history today with eight receptions in eight consecutive games. The only other two players to do this are Antonio Brown and Michael Thomas. He did so adding two TDs with 116 yards and nine total grabs on the day. I mean, it was just, it was brilliant. I love watching how he was doing it. The first time, his first huge play actually came on a on a slant route out of a bunch set where he even fooled the cameraman. Like I was watching it on red zone and the cameraman completely right, right. tilts deep downfield. And then at the left corner of the screen, you see Amon Rock come running in and he takes off for 36 yards after the catch. And there was the one play that you were mentioning earlier, Jay, about Jared Goff under pressure. There was a play in the what was it? The I think it was they were in the red zone and it was a third down. Goff bails the pocket right, and he ends up getting sandwiched by Jared Allen and one of the other defensive linemen and just got rid of the ball to give Amon Ra a chance, and he climbed the ladder over William Jackson for his first touchdown of the day. So that was really impressive. And then they even got him involved in the run game. We know Jamal Williams. We know DeAndre Swift, but they ran a jet motion once they caught him in man coverage, and he picked up over 50 yards on the ground just just tearing off around the corner. And then finally, my favorite one personally was his one that he got in the fourth quarter, the second touchdown of the day. There's about seven minutes left in the game. It was a one possession game. He was in a condensed split out of 11 personnel, kind of like a de facto bunch trips look if you were to count TJ Hawkinson as the inline tight end on that side. He runs a spray release blaze out to the left. So basically he comes out at like a 45 degree angle almost, but working vertically downfield. Hits a rocker step at the stem of the out route and just like throws the DB on that play, Kyle or Kendall Fuller, and got a touchdown. And Goff hit him in stride, hit him perfectly. And I really just like the way they use him. A lot of his production today and even last week 
came out of bunch trips from condensed sets. And what's that really likes what that does is that just opens up the avenue for him to have a two way go, even if he is basically the the end man, the, the number one wide receiver on the outside. And when you have someone with his elusiveness, his ability to find the soft spot in zones, his sure hands and ability to make people miss after the catch. I mean, I think this dude is really paying off as a fourth round pick in 2021 and could set the record next week uh, if he goes and gets another eight grabs. So I'm on Ross St. Brown, definitely the other one I want to bring shine to. Uh, Jay, I know you have one more. I do too. It's still it's still kind of in that same neighborhood. Who's your other ICU for this weekend? Mine is actually the same as uh, Mike here, man. Uh, our guest is, is uh, Tua. What's up, player? I see you. And I, you know, and I, and I really want to shout him out really because, you know, I wasn't impressed last year with what I seen from him, man. And I know a lot, obviously through the, you know, with, with the injuries and everything like that. And obviously coming into this season with a rookie head coach, somebody who I like, I just wasn't sure how, you know, how ready he would be, you know, to take over the head coaching gig and whatnot, but he's making, I mean, they're, they're both helping each other. I mean, he's making that offense go. I, I think, Tua, you know, the, the, the seven touch. what was it again? Seven touchdowns. Six, six Mike touchdowns, 469 yards, yeah. Yeah, man, I mean, you know, he just really – he that was clearly the best game I've ever seen him play. And you've got to have a lot of poise. You've got to have – I mean, because that's a lot of pressure. You're getting beat like that, you know, from a tough Baltimore team, you know, who's known for their defense, who for the most part has always had a solid defense since, they, since they've been around. You know, when you think of the Ravens, you think of their defense before anything. You know, um, you know, now a little bit more now with Lamar being there, you think of their offense, but the, the defense has always been a staple there. And for them to put up as many points as they put up is just is is crazy, you know, and he was a big part of that. Twenty eight points in the fourth quarter, you know, it's just it's just insane. And without Tua, that almost like I said, without Tua and without obviously the wide receivers, Tyreek Tyreek Hill and Waddle was big in today's game, you know, without them obviously it just doesn't happen. But I was really, really impressed with Tua. So that's my second ice. Did you see the touchdown he hit uh, Mike Gesicki on in the back of the end zone? Yes. He yes. threw that ball like 10 feet high in the air. And Gesicki just went up and grabbed it. Right. Like, I was like, oh, oh that's, that's a thrown away. <laughs> and yeah, right. And do we see that type of throw last year? You know what I'm saying? Like, no. I haven't seen Tua make no throw like that, you know? So it's just like he's playing with a different type confidence. of confidence. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and we, we talked about it, Jordan. Like when we previewed mm-hmm. this, this game, we talked about how the confidence look different in 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 Tua's game, you know, just from week one. And in in today's game, it was clearly still there, even when they was getting beat. You know, I mean he mm-hmm. played with like I said, great poise. You gotta you gotta give it to him, man. That this was a great win for them. Yeah, big one. My other ICU sticking in the land of Detroit is Aiden Hutchinson. What's up, player? I see you. Last week we had mentioned on one of the shows that he didn't necessarily have a good showing against Philly, but then this week he sets the Lions rookie record with three sacks in a game, and he also did three sacks in the first half alone. First one came early, second quarter. It was the his first two were both really just like not giving up on the play. And a lot of times, you know, when you have a defensive end or a pass rusher, that's a white dude. People always want to talk about the motor, how he doesn't give up, and all those type of taglines. Well, they paid off. Not giving up was was something that very well paid off today for him, yep. and especially on those first two. But the third sack was my favorite one in particular. They stacked him up next to Charles Harris, one of the other defensive ends, both like almost rubbing shoulders in like a seven technique, which for everybody listening would be if there was a tight end on that side, they'd both be right in front of that tight end. And out of that type of alignment, they ran a stunt and looped him through the backside A-gap, and he was just screaming through the middle 
right up in Carson Wentz and got his third sack of the day. So really good to see just Detroit get that win, being able to follow this team over hard knocks and watching them just being able to land Aiden Hutchinson, someone that can really bolster this defense, and for him to be able to bounce back after not really showing out in week one. That's our ICU segment. We will now go to the dark side. We have to go to the dark side. Hello, Cover Zero. This is the NFL Exec Office. How can I help you today? What is going on? All right, Henry, I'm going to start this off with you. I think I have an idea. If you were to ask what's going on, call something into question from week two. What is it that you want to ask what's going on about? Mike McDaniels and that defense over there in Baltimore. What is going on? You, you, you had a 28-7 lead. You give up 21 points in the fourth quarter in a span of about seven minutes of game time. How did that happen? It, it just the, – the, the some of the play calls that he was calling was kind of confusing me because it's like, okay, you're rushing three, and then you keep rushing three, and it's, it's not working. Why are you still doing it? If it's broke, try something else. It just didn't make no sense to me why he kept mm-hmm. doing that. And then the time where he had on the big Tyreek Hill play, I don't know if it was confusion in the secondary, but he literally had Marcus Williams and Kyle Hamilton line up on the same side. And then that's when the corner literally got beat because he thought he had help over there. And Tyreek Hill just just gone. It just it just makes no sense. The, the play calls that he was doing, and then Marlon Humphrey went down, and then you're still – it kind of was giving me some weak Martindale feels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree 1,000. I agree 1,000. This is the shit that he just got fired for. Right, you're bringing the same thing <laughs> right. back. Like, obviously, we don't have Marlon out there. Marcus Peters, he just came back. I'm still not going to put him up there because he just came back from a season in a season uh, ending injury from last year. So this is his first game back. But yeah, I just got a lot of weak Martindale feels from him this game. Hopefully, he proves me wrong, of course. But yeah, my mind's going to be Mike McDaniel's and, and that defense. How the offense did their jobs. Lamar Jackson did his job. Defense just couldn't come through. And just get one stop. That's literally all we need, and they can do it. Yeah, lots of points put up on the board. And I'm, I'm with you. Like, when you have that, the personnel that you had out there it, after Marlon went down, and you got Marcus Peters, who's primarily a zone corner, and they're basically just running a lot of, like, you know, man concept coverages back there, and the, the pass rush isn't getting home, and you have the receivers that you're going against over there in Miami, that just that wasn't making sense to me either. And I just kept looking at all these, like, different score highlights that would pop up, Miami scoring, Miami scoring. There's Tyreek Hill running, running wide open down the field. Taylor Waffle and Tyreek <laughs> lighting our asses up. It's like you don't you don't have no type of answer. Not one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was something. Mike, I'm gonna swing it to you. Mm. What's going on? Who do you want to call into question? What just made mm. you really scratch your head this Sunday? Mm. Well, listen here, baby. I'm gonna challenge my Dave Chappelle. No, I'm just playing. Um and- <laughs> No, but seriously, um, man, it, where do we start? It could easily be Tom Brady and the Buccaneers with Tom Brady's doing with Giselle and not being home and all the other stuff, and now they can't score until, the, until Evans gets ejected from, because of a fight. <laughs> it could easily be that, you know, and they, and they squeeze out a win because Jameis did Jameis. You know, Jameis does what Jameis used to do. Exactly. There's, there's nobody, there's no uh, Sean Payton there to hold him accountable. That's the only time he's ever played unreckless balls under Sean Payton, but right, he's not right. there. So we can go that route. That's too easy, low-hanging fruit. 
We can easily go with the route of the Bengals. But still, with the same thing happening from the playoffs from last year, giving up all these god dang on sacks. Right. You know, we could easily say that, but it's not really just that. If you really look at uh at your boy, what's his name again? Uh 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 Burrow holds the ball too long. That's why he's getting sacked. If you watch the games, he's holding the ball for four or five seconds. You're gonna get sacked. You can easily go there. There's no reason why they should have lost the first, at least this last week. They should not have lost uh to the Cowboys today. But you know where I'm gonna go. If you know me, you know I'm gonna go to my Raiders. I'm gonna go to the Raiders. I'm I'm man, listen. What is going on? I'm gonna tell you like I know. I said that Devon, adding Devontae Adams, he's great. You see that Aaron Rodgers won without him. So who made who greater? He's great. Not taking nothing away from him, but is he the number one wide receiver in the league without Aaron Rodgers? He may be top 10. He got a lot of targets last week. That's why his numbers look so great. What happened this week? Did he even get 30 yards? What does that tell you? Is Carr that guy? Yes, we can talk about Hunter Renthro and, and, and fumbling the ball. He was trying to make it for last week, not getting any touches. Derek Carr is not that dude. And soon as Raiders fans can get this out of their mind, don't get hung up on the yards, on the passing yards. Because if I remember correctly, this man has not thrown a pick. What does that mean? You know what that tells me? He's not taking any chances downfield. This dude is not, he can't score in the red zone. He can't do it. He finally did it today. I'm sorry. I take that back. Waller got one. Ooh. Tay got one, too, in the red zone today, too. Yeah, he did. A one yard. Yeah, it was on Tay, the first touchdown was in the red zone. Monte, yeah. Yeah, he had first a what, 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 he had a, he had a touchdown. How many how many how many yards did he get? Like thirty nine yard. yards. It was, it was that one yard. The, the touchdown was a one yarder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I get what you're saying though. I get it. Last season, the Raiders were the thirtieth ranked team in the red zone. Last time I checked, the thirty teams in the NFL. Carr's not that dude. And the problem is, people were talking online. You you were in their comment. They were talking about, oh well, we, we got to get rid of Carr next season. I said, no, y'all married to him now. You gave him that. You re upped on him. And you well, got Adams can, because of him. They can get out of the deal at the end of this year right, right. Uh, with a $5 million dead cap penalty. That's it. You can, but you can't. Because who are you going to replace him with? That's but the you, big question. It, 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 nobody coming here. You're not going to get the draft pick. You're not going to get anything. And Adams here because of it. Come on, people. You're done. Now, next season, maybe they'll be better. But I'm telling you, until his head changes, because he could not spread the ball around. He cannot do what he needs to do. He's not good enough. He's not good enough. We're, we're, you know what we're looking at right now? We're looking at Matt Ryan before Matt Ryan. He's not Matty Ice. He's not even as good as Matt Ryan. You see how Matt Ryan is right now? We're getting, we're getting Carr in advance. He's not that dude. The Raiders ain't going to do nothing this year. They're going to win eight games. I'm calling it right now. The Raiders on the ICU. There's some points there that if we had a separate pod. Yeah. <laughs> I want to go dig into, but hey, that's, that's your ICU. I mean, I'm not going to disagree with anything of bringing them up as the topic at hand. Because I know I'm going there. Jay, is your what's going on? Are you deviating from the silver and black, or do you got something to say on them as well? I got a few. Well, I got two, maybe even three. But they're definitely one of them. And, yeah, man, I mean, you know, you, you definitely got to start. I wish we was on the, on the, on a different show because, yeah, I definitely would have a lot more to say. And I'm going I'm to get into that a little bit as I'm talking about them. But, yeah, it, you know, the offense as a whole, I, I felt like in the second half really failed the team. I, what is going on? You know, there's no way. You're, you're up 20 points. You're able to go up in the first quarter and to get a touchdown, easy touchdown. And just throughout the, out the, through, the, through the first half, really. I mean, they just was driving the ball up and down. They was able to get a couple touchdowns, and they was able to get a few field goals. And it just, in the second half, they weren't able to do anything. And that's just, to me, that – I, I felt like the defense was on the field a little bit 
not a little bit. They was just on the field too long, period. Yes. I mean, you know, Derek Carr, he missed some throws. Yeah, he he did. You know, Josh McDaniels didn't have, you know, the the, the best play calling game or in the second half, best play calling in the second half. You know, so they, 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 there's – and then penalties was just a killer. You know, that's creeping back up. You know, I think we had about eight penalties. Half of them went on the offensive line. You know, I, I know uh, 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 Thayer, our, our rookie out of Ohio State, the right tackle, he had about two or three of them. He had half of them. He had two on the same drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Cole Miller had one. I don't know what really is with him. His blocking was better today, but just, you know, normally he don't have any type of penalties. But, yeah, just as a whole, the offense just didn't play that way. I felt like the defense was just on the field way too long, and that's just disappointing, man. When You know, you're up 20 points, kind of like what how Henry felt. I mean, his a little bit more maybe devastating, you know, because they were up bigger and, and you know, whatnot. But ours is now we on two. So, I mean, us us fans, we, we feel a little bit tougher, I feel like, than the Ravens fans do. And that's just, you know, again, man, you, you just got to be able to close those games out, period. You know, you got to be able to close those games out. There was a couple questionable calls. I, I felt like that 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 A.J. Green catch definitely wasn't a catch, you know, but I wasn't going to get really too much into that because I, I can understand in a sense where it wasn't enough to really overturn it. But I, I, I clearly seen it. Like when I was watching the game before the little red, you know, uh, screen at the bottom popped up under review. I already said, oh, yeah, he didn't catch it. The ball, you know, as he came down, the ball bounced up off the ground and came yep. into his chest. So he didn't have complete control of it. So I, I kind of thought, like, okay, they was going to turn that over again. It was going to be over. And then when they went into overtime, I felt like, okay, the defense is – but if we get the ball, we'll win. But if we don't get the ball and the defense kind of get right back on the field, then the game is over. And so I, I kind of felt like, you know, this one was probably a wrap, but – Obviously, you know, uh, Deron or Darrell Harmon, he made that 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 hard hit, you know, on Marquise Brown, and it allowed him to, you know, obviously drop the ball, and and we got the we got the ball back, and then Hunter Renfro, we know the situation with him. So just as a whole, I, I just felt like the defense was on the field too long, and the offense just didn't do what they were supposed to do, like what they did in this, in the first half, and that's disappointing because Josh McDaniels is a real creative offensive mind, and you're you know, you're expecting him to have his QB ready, running backs ready, everybody ready, and his play calling to be better than that. So that that's my first one. I definitely – this is where I disagree with you, Mike. I don't think everything is on Carr. You see, that that's where I disagree. Like, I'm not saying Carr is the best QB out there or anything like that, but I definitely think as a whole, especially in today's game. Now, last week, for sure. I mean, three interceptions. He threw away the game last week. I brought that up on the – you know, on SSAW, on my timeline, everything else, you know, uh, he he threw away the game. But to, but every loss is not always on Derek Carr. And I, I think that. that's that's what we need to – that's what some Raider fans need to really realize. Like, it's not always, oh, well, he can't do this, he can't do that. Uh, not to cut you off, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is he's not good enough to get you where you need to get. I think, I think he is, though. I think he is. I, I, well, yeah, if Trent Dilfer could be the quarter, uh, uh, quarterback for a championship team, but our defense ain't that damn good to, to have a Trent Dilfer. But the defense is actually – that defense is actually pretty good. I was in, I was impressed with this defense over mm -hmm. the last two weeks, really. I, I, I felt like – especially today. Today, the defense played really, really well. They just was on the field too long. I think the only thing that lacked with this defense so far, we're waiting to see – where Chandler Jones is at? Where, where what's I haven't seen him. I thought we signed him this year. He might have been there or something, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, and, and that goes. I mean, Max. I like the way Max is playing. Now, I thought Max played well last. Six today. 
Yeah, even last week, bro. Like I, I wasn't able to be on that show last week. You know, I know you you talked about that right tackle. I I did disagree on that. That's for another show. But I felt like he was getting some good pressure. His thing is he cannot. He got to complete. He got to execute. Period. He because he can get to the QB. That that's really not no issue. It's him bringing down the QB. Sometimes yeah, he had, he had the game one. Not and then bring. Yeah, you know. So pass rush in general has to get better. I think the secondary is way far improved. I are. The mm-hmm. defense don't get any takeaways, man. How many t- how many interceptions or even fumble recoveries you get? But look, this is only the second week. And we had an interception today. Easy. And uh, we had two forced two turnovers on downs, too. So the defense really had three turnovers today. That's what I'm saying. And Nate, and it should have been four because Nate. Turnovers Nate, on downs, come on. But my thing is, if you're talking about interceptions, we should have had two today. We had one. Once yeah, again, you're you saying one. the key word, should have had, should have. But you think we didn't have none. You're saying we didn't have none. You're saying where's the interceptions? I'm saying they don't have enough. They need the more takeaways. They but need. I don't. But but I don't even think you really. Meek had one today. It's only week two. It's only week two. I don't even think we had an interception in the first five six weeks of last. I'm, last I'm, year. I'm thinking. I'm, I'm that's why I'm, I'm thinking about the last five years. I'm just sitting here. I'm a jaded. I, I get it as a frustrated Raider fan. Mm. It's immediate. As soon as we lose or something happens, everybody's oh you know we got to blow up. We got to da 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 da. I get it because we've been through it for so long. So I, I get the whole deal. I'm just saying at the end of the day, you got to really. Dig deep into the roots and see exactly what, what we're doing, how we're improving, and what, what's going on on the field. Because with the interceptions, like I said, if we're talking about strictly off that. It's only been two games. We, we have one. We should have had two. I'm, I'm looking at the schedule. That's why I say next year is our year because of the way the schedule's set up. We're going against the NFC. I know, West. but I'm not really, but, but we're a good team, though. It's not looking good, but it's still early in the season. Yeah, and I don't want to get too deep. You know, we'll, we'll say that. We'll, we'll have we got weeks to talk about this. Yeah, we'll, we'll yeah we'll we'll have you back on. We'll have you back on. We'll definitely go over. It's only week two. It's yes, a good discussion, you know, um for sure. But yeah, that that's my that's my second one right there, man. It, it would be um or that's my first one. I'm thinking I'm almost that's yeah. my first one right there. You know, uh, the offense has to play better. Period. My only what's going on echoes the same thing. The sentiment about the Raiders. What is going on? I mean, just to add some like clarity on how bad it was score is 20 to nothing las vegas with just over six minutes remaining in the third quarter and they ended up losing the game on the second arizona possession of the second half the cardinals cap off an 11 play 79 yard drive to put themselves on the board for the first time in the whole entire game then on the ensuing raider drive the offense moves the ball all the way to the arizona cardinals seven it's first and goal they gain zero yards on three plays and get a field goal with about a minute and a half left in the third quarter. The Raiders did not score a single point before from halftime until that point and from then until the end of the game. With 12 minutes and 37 seven, bleh, 12 minutes and 37 seconds left in regulation. Arizona ball on our 11, right? Cards were in 13 personnel. That was the one they went for it on the fourth down where Kyler rolled out off the play action and he targeted Ertz in the back of the end zone, but Nate was in coverage there, right? That was a turnover on downs, right? So there's 12 and a half minutes left we get the ball back, right? Josh McDaniels coming from the Bill Belichick tree, being under him for so long. One thing that Bill Belichick always does when he's in that scenario, he is going to start working on grinding that clock, right? 12 and a half minutes left to go. And on first down, McDaniels calls a pass. Incomplete. Clock stops. Second down, McDaniels calls a pass. Incomplete. Third down, pass. Three plays that took 23 seconds off of the game clock. 
defense right back out on the field now after just a, just being on the field for an 11 play drive it was ridiculous then after that when they get when Arizona gets the ball back and has their next touchdown and scores the two point Kyler Murray ran around on that 22nd play 20 seconds 21 to be at 21 se- that fool ran 84 yards according to next gen stats on that single play yeah like you, the defense is getting tired was getting gassed yeah. right Cardinals outscored the Raiders 22 to nothing in the fourth quarter in overtime. Devontae Adams, one target in the second half. One. Defense was on the field for 59 plays in the second half and in overtime. And even with that, like we had talked about, they still got the stop to get the ball back to the offense just to go get three points. Yep. And it, it wasn't able to be done. I mean, I'm not of the mind that, you know, Derek Carr ain't the dude. I'm not there. I do think that, you know, putting that language in the, if he ain't the guy, we can move on. Sure, I get it. I think we will keep him and he'll be here. I do have Derek Carr finishing this season as a better quarterback than Russell Wilson just for this particular year. Not career, for everybody listening, right. just for this particular year. That's right. a whole conversation, and I, I could jump into that one too. Mm-hmm. It's Hey, well, you know, we we had talked about how you picked Denver to do something too this year. Let's bring yeah, it up, yeah, baby! Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No, but I had that there. I'm not I'm not hitting the full on panic button mode yet, but last week's loss, I get it. We all knew the AFC West is going to be a just bloodbath whenever you got to go against one of them and losing to the Chargers that way really hurt. Carr was huge blame on his shoulders for this one for that one. For this one, I got a lot on Josh. I got some on like just offensive play calling. Carr wasn't even his best self, but he, he wasn't. wasn't his best, bro. He wasn't. He didn't throw interceptions, but he missed. There was missed throws. There was missed throws. He missed Devontae on the one uh, target in, in OT. Devontae was open. The ball was to the inside of the defender who was inside of Devontae. They intercepted it, right? <laughs> Should have been picked off by Jalen Thompson. But, right. I mean, look, we can get into a little bit if you guys want to talk about just necessarily the prognosis of the Raiders for maybe just a few minutes here on where we think they're going before. Off air, we were talking about this. Mike was saying that he has some thoughts on Denver, where they can go, what they will do in comparison to the Raiders. Just for a little bit, get into the detail of that and just what you were talking about the Broncos season is going to look like. All right. So before the season started um, on my show, the time is now, we we brought brought this up. We do projections on every season, football, basketball, whatever. And I said, like I said last season, I said uh, my co-host, we brought up, the NFC West. We said that's the toughest division in football last season. I said whoever comes out the NFC West, I said it's going to win the champ, going to win the Super Bowl. And I was 100% correct. It was the Rams. I said, okay, now with Russell Wilson going up to the AFC West, I said the same. I said history's going to repeat itself. I said whoever wins that toughest division, that gauntlet, whoever wins that division is going to win it all. I looked at the schedule, and I looked at how Russell Wilson was the best deep ball, deep ball thrower coming out of Seattle. Now in Denver, it's easier to throw the ball deep. Then you have those two guys on the outside. You got Judy and you got your boy over there, um, Sutton. So you have all these different, you have all these weapons, the two, the two backs. Everything is there. They already had a, they already had the best defense in the division. All they needed was a quarterback. You Russell, you go from Drew Locke to Russell Wilson with their favorable schedule. They have the easiest schedule in that division. So right. I said easily Denver should win that division. Thus, yeah. I feel like they should win it all because they'll get that buy and X and O's, whatever, whatever, right? Right, right. But who who can see? foresee him wearing that shiny suit who can foresee him getting too much into his own head who can foresee the rookie coach i didn't think about the rookie coach 
Oh, we you did. Look at See, that, that's the thing. Right. That, hey, that's the thing. That's, that's the, part the thing. That you know what, bro? That, that's the crazy thing. That's the crazy thing because I did get a chance. I mean, I, I listened to your pod, and that was yeah. one of the ones that I checked. As soon as it dropped, I checked. I, I listened to it. And you know what? At, and, and the dude you had on, I forgot his name. He was a Denver fan. Tony. And he even oh, brought boy. up. He even brought up Nathaniel Hackett. And he even then, when he brought him up, you still didn't have much to really say. You felt like, oh, well, you know, You're right. I still feel like, <laughs> I know, I know I'm right. Listen, bro. And that's what get that that's the crazy part, though, because yeah. he's a rookie head coach. The same thing right. that we all brought up here. Yeah. He, that, it's the same thing I'm saying now. He has not been proven. He hasn't even been proven to really call plays. Right. So to think that anybody's going to come in here and to lead a, a team with a bunch of potential. But that's see, the thing. Wait, hold on, hold on. That's sorry. the thing because the QB. Russ, we all actually have Russ higher than, than my, my, my dog here, Jordan. He, he has him, I think, six, seven, eight, somewhere around there. I have him at five. I still think he's a top five QB. I just, I'm unsure with the, I, I like, I, I like Courtney Sutton over there. I like Jerry Judy, but he still got a problem with his hands every now and then. Got hurt. He can't, he got hurt he, today. can't stay healthy. That's another thing. He can't stay healthy. Y'all got rid of one of y'all tight ends over there. You know, it, it, it's not, it's not like it's a for sure thing over there. That's, that's what got me. And then you bring in a head coach. That's that's don't have too much experience as far as calling plays, and we're expecting, or not me, but you guys are expecting him and that team to just go all the way, win the division, and go to the Super Bowl. Man, well, not a thousand, Rogers, not a thousand years. Aaron Rodgers won with Aaron Rodgers won with McCarthy. Like I felt like Russell Wilson. Was Rogers, good bro, but, but Rogers at that time, Rogers was look. Russell Wilson's already won a Super Bowl. I feel like, but I'm but I'm saying though, the age at this point where Russ is at. For one, he was, he was never as good as Aaron Rodgers. That's no, no, no. point blank number one. And number two is he's a lot older now than he was then. So, I mean, you know, and, and, and that's another thing, too. Like, the system that they ran over there in Seattle is totally different the way that they're trying to do things here. So, I just did – that was my whole thing. Like, I, I'm not saying the Raiders is, oh, look, you know, Raiders. I got us splitting with them. Tony also said that the Chiefs – I know, but what? But I'm only why I brought your boy. Only why I brought Tony up is because yeah. you said that you didn't bring up the rookie head. You didn't think about that. It's crazy how you didn't think about that, and your boy brought it up on the show. Yes. Okay. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, he brought it up on the show. You still didn't have nothing to say. So that's what yeah. getting me as a Raider. I, I just look at it. I look at it like this. Dem I'm not saying Denver's gonna be trash. I just right. got to see more from Nathaniel. Heck, I have, and what we just seen in week one, y'all barely. I say y'all because I'm like thinking to myself, like, right. hey, you a different fan. But on the real, last week, what y'all did last or what they did what last they did. week. I know, I feel you. <laughs> what they did last week, bro, yeah. that was clearly what we've been talking about on this show. Yeah. He doesn't have that experience. Yeah. And that's that's my thing. The weapons, yeah, they may be there. Russ, is he the same? We still trying to figure it out. Cause he had a poor game, by the way. By the way. I mean, we ain't even getting into that. I mean, he could have been a he 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 could have been a uh, what's going on too. Because yes. he didn't have a great game either yeah. against the Texans, somebody that we don't even think. Uh, shoot, I, what we had? We had about three wins, one touchdown, one touchdown. And yeah. if you look at his ratings and everything else, look, he had a D, a D, D. Like that's not, that's not good enough. He's making Carson Wentz look good right now. Yeah, he didn't get that touchdown until the fourth quarter today. There's three quarters. Texas had the Broncos not even enter the end zone once yeah. at home. Yeah. This is why I'm saying that I think Car I said all of this. Like Russell last year, yeah, he did get hurt, but to act like the dude when he came back, sure, there could have been some lingering injuries things with him, but his play style is a specific way. He has played with Pete Carroll. 
and a barrage of different offensive coordinators that have tried to tinker and get the most out of him. And when he can't extend plays late in the down and use his legs, like his athleticism being able to take over and be and let those deep balls fly, when his athleticism taking a step back, we aren't going to see as many of those. It's not going to be the same. The dude, is he's not falling off the cliff, but I think he is on the decline. And I have said this since before the season started. And with that also culminating with the coach that doesn't want to put his starting quarterback in position on Monday night football oh in a game God. he'd been thinking about forever and ever and ever to go get five yards. But yet you want to put your kicker out there to do something that only yep. one kicker in the history of the league has ever done. Right. Yeah. And this he's not even used to kicking those type of kicks. No. See, he should know that. That's another thing. You come in, you it come into bad. a team knowing how your kicker is and you force him to do something like that after you and just guaranteed 160 some million to a QB and you don't let him try to gain those four or five yards. That, no, but see that, and that's on Russell Wilson. Actually, he should have been able to say like, "No, no, bro, we doing this." No, that, no he, I, can't I, I do that. he can't. I mean, ultimately, if they have to decide, who's going to pick Russ. We know that. But in the middle of the game, yeah. you in can't the, yeah. doing this. Yeah. What's the rest of the team going to do? You got four members of the offensive line going with Russ. You got the center like, "No, nah, I'm with the coach." And Russ like, ain't aggressive <laughs> like that. Let's just be real. He ain't aggressive. Russ was on. Russ was on. He, he's on that too much. Trying to be a good guy. Trying to be a friend. Like, exactly. hey, golly, coach, I gotta go. Whatever you say, Skipper. I'm like, nah, man. You gotta stop that madness, dude. You gotta really just. I mean, I, we'll see. We'll. See. It's only. It's only week two. It's only week two. Only week two. Yeah, hey, now, hey, see, now he along with it. It's only week two. Said, <laughs> That's what we're saying with the Raiders. It's only week two. Now he. I'm saying it. I'm, saying it. I'm, I'm going off of history with with Carr. <laughs> Carr's got to show me. He got to show me too. But I just. In my opinion, and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna end it here because we I knew I knew we were gonna go into and it's and it's cool, it's all good debate, it's all good discussion. Right. But my, my only real disagreement with, with you when you talk about the Raiders really be it it for the most part, it seemed mo- mainly on okay, cars a reason, cars a reason, cars a reason. And I'm okay with when it really is. Like last week was clearly, clearly all on car, but today. Like when I heard you when you brought it up, mainly it was about well, Carr can't get it, but it's like Jordan brought it up and how I brought it. Up. I felt like Josh was the bigger reason why. I mean, you know, you the play calling wasn't that good in the second half. Period. It's, it wasn't. It's more on him than it was Derek. But this is the thing: if, if the plays are called for the quarterback to perform and he underperforms, it's still on him. But no, you gotta have it to where you have to be able to play complementary football. No, I understand. You gotta have balanced attack. You got Josh Jacobs back there. You got Abedullo. You just got. I understand you're supposed to utilize those weapons. However, you have other teams like when Aaron Rodgers. We all know he's not Aaron Rodgers, but when Aaron Rodgers put in that position, what does he do? When Lamar Jackson put in a position, what does he do? When Tom Brady's put in a position, when what does Tom Brady's in a position, his coach has them run the ball when they're up with the lead. Oh no! Okay, 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 okay. That's the thing. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm and sorry. Your wide receivers are not getting smacked and fumbling the ball, and they running, Lord running back, me. bro. I mean, Yo. you, you. This, this is real though. We're not just making this no, up. No, no. You. I mean, it's I mean, true. Through a pass, hundred Renfro, and I, and again, I'm not even. I really even really bring up. I really didn't even really bring up hundred Renfro like that because I mean, oh, he he hasn't been the same over the last two games because he's had about three, about three fumbles. But again, you see how I'm breaking down the whole team. I'm bringing down the, the offense. The offense as a whole, play calling wise, it shouldn't even be going to Hunter Renfro. Carr shouldn't yeah. even be throwing to the ball, throwing the ball. It should be run. Josh Jacobs actually, now you look at his numbers, you be like, oh, he didn't have no good game. He actually had some good yardage. And he, I felt like Josh should have kept it. Josh he averaged like four it. yards a carry, I think, like about three points. Almost, three almost. Three yeah. points. His final carry of the game was a four yard loss. So before that, yeah, he was over four a carry. Yeah. Yeah. 
exactly. That's what I remember. That, that yep. took away. But he ended at three point six. But I, but at the yeah. at at the same time, me and Jordan agree it should be better play calling and it should have been yeah. running the ball. It shouldn't have been on Carr to throw it to Hunter Renfro and all of that. I get it, Carr's led comebacks and all of that. But yeah. Josh is from a system where he goes with what works, and if you can't stop it, then you know let's go with it. And I know they made a big stop, and they he felt like he had to get it. I get it. It's just play calling could have been better. That's all. It, it could have been. Better. I agree. I agree. Another team that has something to prove is going to be this year's Minnesota Vikings. And tomorrow night, they take on the Philadelphia Eagles in Philadelphia. They are the second of the doubleheader that is on Monday night. The Titans and the Bills are the other one. I think the Vikings and the Eagles is the far more intriguing matchup. The spread would indicate so as well. Vikings go into this game two-and-a-half-point favorites while on the road. In this game, Mike, what are you going to be looking for particularly in this matchup? I want to see the defensive strategy for the Eagles to see if they're able to stop Justin Jefferson. I want to see if that's possible. They can at least try to not – when I want to say stop, I mean like trying to not allow him to get too many touches. If they get him 15 targets, let him only catch it like six, seven times. I want to see if that could possibly happen, keep him under 100 yards. If they can do that, we'll see what happens. But then who knows? Maybe then Thielen would, just, would have a breakout game. He hasn't played well over the last several games. So we have to see. I feel like Eagles should win this game, in my opinion. I feel like Jalen Hurst is going to ball out. Okay. Jalen Hurst, do you have a final score prediction on the game? Eagles 30, Minnesota 24. 24 to 30. Yeah. Fly, Eagles, fly. Jay, yeah. looking at this game, both these teams coming in with strength at the wide receiver position, strength on the defensive side of the ball, new arrivals, some old heads that have been there. What in particular do you think will be the biggest difference maker for either team if they do walk away with a dub? I want to say the run game, really, for the Vikings. The Eagles are going to be really, like Mike brought up here, they're going to be really focused on just, Justin Jefferson. I'm not saying he's not going to get his yards and stuff like that. I don't think he'll have the game he had last week. But I definitely don't think, you know, um, he won't be able to get anything. He'll be able to get his yards here and there. But I think the running game and what we've seen, what the Lions was able to do last week, Mm -hmm. I think that the Vikings can have the same type of success. So that's what I really want to see. I want to see if the Vikings can get that running game going, which they should, and if the Eagles can be prepared to stop it. You know, I and, and to be honest with you, I don't know if they're really going to be focused on that necessarily. I mean, you know, obviously right. you, know, you, you want to cover up the whole offense. You want to, you're going to get prepared for what the, the every team's offense can bring to you as a defense, you know. Um, but I just feel like they're mainly going to be focused on Justin Jefferson as on, on the defense side for the Eagles, they're going to be mainly focused on what Justin Jefferson is going to be able to bring. So I think if the Vikings can really bring in that run game, it's going to throw everything off, and I think they can have some success there. So that's what I want to see from the uh, Vikings. From the Eagles side of things, I kind of want to see – I still want to see Jalen Hurts, you know, in his, in his passing game, man. I, I think, you know, last week I, I like what they was able to do. You know, I, I think him being able to use his legs and them being able to get some, you know, yards on the ground, it really helped him and it it it, it really set the, the the defense off, you know, just off balance and, and Detroit not having the type of defense at all. It don't matter really in the run defense at all, but secondary is not all of that either. You know, I think this this Vikings this Vikings team, you know, I, I think they're gonna be a little bit more prepared for that for his run style. So I want to see if he can pass the ball a little bit more. I want to see if he can if he can continue that, you know, the accurate. Because he he was kind of – I'm not going to say he was kind of – he was accurate the week before. And the first week, I thought 
I thought last week versus the Lions, he was pretty accurate. You know? Overall, yeah. Overall, I thought he was accurate. But I also felt like his his legs really just, you know, kind of threw the defense off. And I think if the Vikings take that away, you know, can he just do it from in the pocket? You know, running here and there, you know, obviously he's going to run. He's going to get his yards. But I don't think he's going to take over the game. So with that being said, with him not taking over, can he can he still keep it balanced like that, you know, in the passing game, you know, and then being able to take off when he has to? Because I think the Vikings are only gonna, you know, only gonna only going to allow so much. So that's what I want to see from the Eagles. Can Jalen Hurts really, you know, uh uh continue his passing game, be accurate, and the Vikings to see if they can get the run game going against the Eagles. What's your final score? Give me twenty seven Vikings and twenty four Eagles. Three point victory. In, I'm glad you brought up the run game because that was kind of something that Vikings fans were, in a sense, wanting to see less of or at least at least uh, more of a steady reliance or a usage from their passing game and Justin Jefferson in particular. Right. And last week, they definitely got that going against the Packers. And they still use the run and are still going to have that be the case for their offense, especially when you have Dalvin Cook in the backfield. Right. One thing that I wanted to pay attention to last week and we'll be again looking for on the Monday night matchup in Philly is what type of runs are they going to get to? Kevin McConnell coming from that Sean McVay, that that Shanahan and Kubiak system that McVay comes from, using a lot of particularly inside and outside zone runs, mixing in a couple of windbacks here or there. We didn't really see that in week one from Kevin O'Connell. There was some gap scheme. There was some power runs. You really got just things going into a, into a particular gap and just really – Mixing those in there when teams really didn't think that was going to come. And his offense, I'm liking a lot so far. Granted, it's only been one game, but the usage of Justin Jefferson just all over the formation, just using him in all these other different ways. Jair Alexander was very loud before or after the loss and how he wanted the opportunity to be able to trail and track Justin Jefferson. And they didn't do that in that particular game. There were plays where Justin Jefferson was matched up on outside linebackers or breaking wide open on over routes, you know, right. just busting through zone coverages. So whether or not Philly wants to try to mix that up and trail him or have a specific plan or at least a better one, like, and also what run game are we going to see ties into both of your points on what we're going to look for in this game. From Philly in particular, one area that they can really attack is the right guard, the rookie right guard for Minnesota, who's the weak link on the defensive line. Ed Ingram, the second-round pick, I want to say, out of LSU, Right. He didn't necessarily have the best showing going against some of those Packers fronts. And I think there's some people on that Philly uh, defensive trench that would be able to have some success against him too. Jordan Davis in his rookie debut against Detroit was everything that he was built to be a monster living under some child's bed. Like he's just, he's that, he's that type of scary giving people nightmares. However, if you're only on the field for 21 snaps, Eh, you want more nightmares. You want more horror. You want to be able to cause more problems. Right. So I want to see if they extend his snap count. It was kind of similar to what we saw at Georgia with him, with just the size that he is. But if you're getting 21, maybe 25 to 30 snaps of all out pressure, all out production, especially if they get him matched up on Ingram, the other fellow rookie on the other side of the ball, I think that'll have a lot of, a lot of uh, benefits for the defense with the Eagles. I like Minnesota, though, to win. I just think there's enough on this offense there to be able to to produce. The run game for Philly can be very tough to deal with, with that offensive line, with the different calls and misdirection that Sirianni is going to use. But I think the linebacking core and the second-level defenders, the third-level defenders, your Harrison Smiths, your Eric Kendricks, 
what have you, Daniil Hunter and uh, Zadarius Smith, those guys are going to be able to play against those different types of looks really well and force Jalen Hurts and this offense to beat them downfield with Jalen throwing the ball further downfield, which is something that I think you still want to be able to force him to do, even if A.J. Brown is one of the weapons he's doing it toward. I think it's going to be a cool game. Really, really looking forward to this one. I like Vikings by about five. Let's call it 26-21 Minnesota. We'll move on to the final game. This one will actually be the first one of the Monday night doubleheader. Titans at the Bills. The reason why we're going with this one second is just because at one point, this was a, a huge game. At least last year, there was a primetime game between these two early on in the season. That was a really, really fun matchup to watch. But based on what we saw from the Titans dropping one in week one, and the Bills just owning the Rams in the first game of the season. The line has shifted all the way to 10 points in favor of Buffalo. Uh, Mike, for you in particular, Josh Allen was setting the world on fire. Do you think there's anything different that you want to see from this Bills team? Or if you look at them going against the Titans in this particular matchup, how do you think Derrick Henry will fare against a defense that was very dominant the first time we saw him? And you brought up the... That's the key. That's where I was going with this. The way you beat the Bills is keep Josh Allen off the field. There it is. So you have a team that's perfectly designed to do that. However, can they effectively do it? From what we saw last week, Derrick Henry mm-hmm. appeared at least to be human finally. Mm-hmm. So if if we see Derrick Henry from last week, this week, this would be a, a easy, this would be an early, <laughs> you'll be it'd be 28-0 going into halftime. Right. But if the Titans can get off to an early, just start chugging down the field, chugging down the field, chugging down the field with Henry using the juggernaut, then the Titans have a chance of winning. And I feel like the Titans can win. I just I feel like it's possible, just not probable. Uh, the Bills should end up blowing these guys out. I say it should be mm, 30, yeah, 38 to 10, easy. 38 10. 38 10. Like my boy Corday, he wasn't, happy, wasn't able to be on the show today, but he had the Ravens. Wish he was. Brought that up. At least I would have. But anyway, yeah, that's okay. 38-10. I, I see it 38-10, but, but if only way the Titans How many yards, real quick, before you – before how many? And I, have, and I have Derrick Henry as my starting running back. That's my number one pick in one of my leagues. I want him to go off. I just don't see it happening. You don't see it happening? No. I, I, the, the Buffalo's defense gotten even better. Oh, it's good. Okay, so you think that you think the Titans' defense is going to be lights out, basically? You think they're going to be like? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's better than what what the uh, the Titans faced last week. Well, the only why I say that is because I thought he was going to have Derrick Henry, you know, having a big game. That's why. No, I, I say he needs to. I know, but <laughs> I was thinking, I was thinking to myself, you got the Bills scoring ten points. Yeah, I, I, you got but, Josh but, being off. You got Josh being off the field. So I'm thinking with that happening. Would oh, be, no, 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 no. What, what, okay, let me let me let me straighten it up. I say that the, for Tennessee to win. Uh-huh. Henry has to go off, and not just Henry. They have the running game. They have to keep Josh Allen off the field, right? And if they do so, they'll win a close one. They'll probably it probably win like seventeen to sixteen, something like that. However, that's a possibility. Uh-huh. It's not very probable. What's most likely going to happen is is the opposite: is that Josh Allen's going to be on the field. They're going to put up over thirty five points and blow those boys out. Oh, okay. I, I misunderstood. I miss. I miss. So, yeah, he's got Buffalo winning. Titans at ten points. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Titans only gonna put. Up oh, okay. 10. I thought it was Buffalo yeah, at ten points. Right. Okay. No, 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 no. Oh my. Oh, that's God. why I'm like, wait, hold on. How? And then you don't yeah, got Derek yeah, going out. Me. Okay. <laughs> test me, please. Okay. okay. Any more? Did you have anything else to say or? Maybe thirteen. I'll give him maybe thirteen. Thirty-eight to thirteen. <laughs> three more points. Yeah, three more points. To thirteen. Okay. 
landslide for the first one. Uh, Josiah, do you have something closer? Yeah, man, I definitely got it closer. I think both teams put up more than 13 points. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Buffalo. I agree. Um, I'm, I'm definitely going to go with Buffalo. I just don't know. I don't know, man. I'm starting to – I don't know if Derrick Henry's the same. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I haven't really – last week he had 80-some yards, you know, which was cool. But when he got back from his injury last year, going into the playoffs, he wasn't really the same. So I now I'm starting to – I know it's – you know, I mean, it's only a second game since then. It's been a little gap between then, so – Maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe he gets going tomorrow, but I don't know, man. I, I just, I really like what Buffalo is doing. I, I really do. I feel like the only thing I really kind of want to see from them, really, is kind of what I've seen in preseason. That might sound funny because normally preseason plays are dummy plays and all of that, but they ran the ball a lot in preseason. And I would love to see that from Buffalo. I think it really makes that offense more balanced. Obviously, we get the run game from, you know, Josh Allen. Obviously, he's going to run the ball, whatever. But, I mean, from Zach Moss, they got some – Singletary, they got some solid running backs. I really feel like they could take advantage of and and really be a, a super – I mean, they're already a super offense at times, but just imagine if they're able to really get a run game going. We didn't really see that with Brian Dable. I think that was his only – that was his only lack of his offense. But with, with him being gone and what I've seen in preseason, if they can kind of like add some of that, I think that would be pretty cool in their offense. So I kind of want to see them run the ball a little bit, actually, um, with Buffalo. Not just with Josh Allen, like I said, with, with 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 some of the running backs they got back there, but I do I, I do have this game being closer. Give me um, Buffalo closer and higher higher scoring on both for both teams. Give me thirty another thirty point game. Give me thirty three for the Bills, and give me I'm gonna say Derrick Henry does have a good game in this one. It's just not good enough. Give me, you know what? Give me yeah, give me twenty seven. Okay, high scoring. High scoring. I kind of want. I kind of want to give the Titans. Le- you know what? No, let me change that, man. No, nah, let me change that. I'm gonna go a little bit less for both teams. Give me 30 for the Bills and 24 for the uh, Titans. Okay, this one in particular, man. The Bills week one they look like insanely well oiled machine, and they do run, of course, run a lot of two high coverages, which do invite the run, which is what the Titans want to do. So just from that schematic area, I want to see if they're buzzing down either Micah Hyde or Jordan Poyer, whichever one of the safeties over there for Buffalo, and just how that functions within what the Titans are looking to do. That Titans passing attack has, it's, they of course traded away A.J. Brown, first round pick in the offseason, then drafted Traylon Burks to go ahead and step in, also brought in Robert Woods. But last week, Woods was a, just, he was a ghost. He was nowhere really to be found on the field. Two targets in total. And a couple of the rookies were who Tannehill was mostly leaning on in addition to Dontrell Hilliard, the other running back that was making some some damage in the passing game for them, ended up uh, squeaking or ended up losing a close one to the Giants in the first week. But I just, with Ryan Tannehill without an effective run game, if Derrick Henry is in fact not the same all time, not all time I would say, but the same generational type of Terminator with the ball in his hands, if he's maybe came back down to earth, what does that say for Ryan Tannehill? Granted, he was able to have some success without him last year when he got hurt, but this is a whole nother year. There's less playmakers there, and the offensive line has also lost people as well. So I want to see what those yards before contact look like for Henry because he's kind of like a locomotive. Once he gets going, or he's like the juggernaut, like you said, Mike, once he gets going, 
then it's even harder to bring that dude down. And those big long runs, a dude that size moving that quick, it presents a lot of problems and puts and you know really puts a lot of questions and fear in opposing defenders that want to try to tackle him. But Buffalo can get to him early, which I think they will because they're going to want to try to make Ryan Tannehill be the person that beats them. Really challenge a lot of those people, a lot of those playmakers or pass catchers and skill position guys on that Titans roster to beat some of these dudes that are really coming to life apart from the safeties on this Buffalo defense and in the secondary. So I don't necessarily think it's going to work. The Bills are just going to roll. Josh Allen is played out of his mind last week. I think we see it again. I have this as a, I do think Bills get very close to and do cover that 10 point spread. Give me Buffalo 31 and give me the Titans 20, 17, 20, somewhere in there. Yeah. I think it's not much of a game and we'll mostly be, turning it on to Philly and the Vikings, not too far away from it. But if week two has taught us anything, hmm. no lead is safe. Right. So keep an eye while we do have these two games going. If the Bills game does get out of hand, keep an eye on it. Maybe there is some Ryan Tannehill magic. Can't believe I said it. But if there is some Ryan Tannehill magic, some Derrick Henry goings-ons that we have seen before, and some another Mike Brabel bounce back, uh, bounce back response that he's been known to do since he's been there with Tennessee coming off of a loss could cause some intrigue, but overall we have a clean sweep of the bills while we are split a little bit here on Philly and, and Minnesota and the second part of the Monday night double header. I, I was going to, hold on. I was going to ask you guys a question real quick. Have you guys heard any reason why they're doing the four fifteen start on ESPN than the five thirty, like an hour and a later on abc is it was there did you guys hear anything i have or, no I, idea and normally we get the monday night double header on week one week one so yeah. it's very weird why it's happening week two I, I didn't hear any reason as to why or what have you but i mean you got one on espn you got one on abc you know the both basically the same network you know espn is abc right. so yeah it's it's i'm not sure why they're condensing them like that uh, maybe I, I'm not East sure. East Coast games. So I'm like, what? what it's like a, it's very WNBA ish. <laughs> I was trying to figure out what what that was about. I, I just I, I just didn't know. I was hoping someone could educate me on what the deal was on that. But you know, hey, why split the ratings? That's what I'm trying to figure out. But, right, okay. right. Yeah, not not sure. They could have threw one of those games into that afternoon window today. Yes. You know, because yes. you had there was Seattle and the Niners. You had Dallas and Cincy the Raiders and the Cardinals and then uh, Denver and Houston were the only four games in the afternoon window, or you could have dropped one of them back to the morning slate as well. Like they normally would. So yeah, just kind of, it is an odd scheduling indeed. I I can't recall a time where I'm seeing a Monday night doubleheader so close together on the second week of the season. Right. Okay. So it wasn't just me. I thought I was going crazy. All right. Cool. Nope. The NFL is going crazy and the NFL is going indeed. If your team is 0-2, there is still time to turn it around. There have been 400 teams in the history of the NFL to start the year off 0-2 and make the playoffs. We'll see if one of your teams can be them. And if your team is 2-0 and you're thinking you want to start talking shit to that dude that's been giving you problems all offseason long, pump your brakes. we got a lot of gridiron left. Thanks to Mike for jumping on the podcast, bro. Really appreciate you having, on, having you on tonight. Hell yeah. Appreciate it, bro. Mm-hmm. And stay. Podcast? Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. Go ahead. Which, where, where are you at? Where can the people find it? Um, the, the podcast, the time is now podcast going strong four seasons in. You can find us on uh, Spotify, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you get your podcasts streaming on all platforms. Hell yeah. Yes, indeed. Thanks for listening to the Cover Zero Podcast. Keep it locked with the SSAW Network. We will be back Thursday morning for the Week 3 preview. Enjoy your football.